Welcome back, guys. I got one of my best friends. I consider a brother, Jay, Jungle Jay Azeltine. Him and I met years ago in Columbus, Ohio. We actually both dropped out of Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. And he's one of the first online entrepreneurs in the health and fitness space. Um, he was doing bodybuilding shows. He was one of the first uh, dudes I saw online flexing the abs. So uh, definitely, definitely excited to have you on here, bro. There's so many cool things that uh, we've done together. We've helped each other along the journey over the years. And the first thing I want to kind of dive in with you is, again, we've known each other for years, man. Like a lot of people know you from bodybuilding. A lot of people know you from just overall, you know, health and fitness. But now, uh, especially the last couple of years, you really dived into just overall like mental health uh, optimization. And I think one thing I really want to go down the rabbit hole with you today is plant medicine and ayahuasca. So yeah, bro, let's uh, let's dive in, man. Maybe let everyone know a little bit uh, who you are and, and what you're doing right now and and how uh, how we got here. Sure. Thanks for the intro, man. This is super cool. Like you mentioned, Tyler, we've been best buds for years now. And I got a lot of friends in my life. I know we both do. And and the circle kind of like it spreads out, but you, you're definitely... You and Zach Elmore are definitely my two best friends for sure, 100%, man. So it's an honor to be here. And we go way back, man. Tyler and I, we linked up initially seven years ago, I think it was. You were one of my first clients ever, Tyler. You were literally, I think, one of the first three or four guys that I ever worked with. And so for me, and, and it's always interesting to kind of do these little shares about yourself and kind of, they can go in so many different tangents, but I'll, I'll start with where my journey really began. It was at around eight years old. And that really... That, that that started my journey towards what I do now. And it started with some deep childhood trauma, as most stories start with, right? With some fucking deep pain as an eight, nine-year-old kid. And that sent me down the spiral, man, through my early years in middle school and into high school. I was just incredibly anxious, incredibly depressed. I was terrified of people, like straight up terrified of people, man. I going in front of the class to do a public speech was my biggest fear. It was a nightmare situation. I'd have a full on panic attack in front of the class. Right. And I had really bad OCD, obsessed compulsive disorder at its peak when I was in eighth grade, where I couldn't even go to bed some nights, dude, I'd be up all night flipping light switches. I was batshit crazy, you know, and, and my mind would tell me the craziest stuff. And that was all a result of the trauma that I'd experienced as a kid. And so there was a lot of motivation there for me to go down this personal development path, right? So at 16 years old was when the journey really started to take off, right? At 16, the year was 2010. I discovered first off the Joe Rogan podcast, right? This was before anyone even knew what a podcast was. I somehow stumbled upon the podcast, right? Joe Rogan experience. And this is in the early days too, when they got snowflakes going on the screen and stuff. Like it was the wild west. And they had all these com comedians now that are so famous, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, all these names that no one knew about then. And so by total divine intervention, I, I find this podcast and I start listening and um, I stumble upon one with Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus. And this will kind of plant the seeds for the, the ayahuasca talk that we can go into more later. But long story short, I have this totally spiritual moment at 16 where I'm listening to Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus talk about ayahuasca. And it hit my soul so deeply. I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. And I knew right then in that moment that ayahuasca was going to play a huge role in my life one day. That was a huge part of my purpose here on this earth, which made no sense because I was a kid from a small town in Ohio, out in the cornfields, one stoplight town, real sheltered kid. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do anything in high school. You know what I mean? I was a really good kid. And so that was one big moment at 16. The other was meeting my first mentor, which is where all these dots start to connect. I met my first mentor and he was the co-founder of this massive supplement company, owned a gym near where I had grown up. I go into the gym one day and I knew right away, like my intuition was like, oh, you got to build a relationship with this guy. Like th this, there's something here. Right. And so I did, I started showing up at the gym every day at 5 AM to train with this guy make it a lot of sacrifice at a young age. And then he introduces me to personal development, right? He introduces me to first off Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki was the first book I'd ever read, which just really started to get my mind thinking because I wasn't exposed to any of that again in a small town like this. And so start reading Napoleon Hill books, Think and Grow Rich, all these different books. And so that's 16, right? Joe Rogan podcast enters my life. This mentor enters my life. And so then for the next many years, I'm on this path of, of becoming obsessed with personal development because of the pain that I had experienced up until that point. I realized, okay, through this work, through this path, through these mentors, through these teachers, through these books, I can go ahead and take all that pain that I had experienced 
and turn it into purpose, right? And so then eventually I go to Ohio State. I'm working full-time at this supplement company. That's my mentor's company. And then as Tyler mentioned, eventually I decided to drop out of college out of Ohio State, the Ohio State, shout out, still a big Buckeye fan. And I then do, I literally drop out and I at this time have a full-time job at this company, Muscle Farm, it's the supplement company, right? And I got a, a direct path to, to, to making a ton of money there in the next couple of years. And I got a salary, I got benefits, I got health insurance, the whole thing. So I'm like, fuck college, I'm dropping out of college. And my long-term plan wasn't to work for Muscle Farm forever, but I thought I'd be there for another three, four or five years. Three months after I drop out of college, all of a sudden I get laid off from this company out of the blue, man. Like it was a total shock. I get laid off. And so I'm like, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? Right. And so going to real estate as a realtor for a short period of time, I'm like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. I'm cold calling people and shit. Like, this is not it, bro. This is not what I want to do. And so that is when I started online fitness coaching in 2015. And then a couple of months later, enter Tyler. Tyler followed my mentor, found me through my mentor. I was offering one-on-one coaching through his fitness website. Tyler and I meet, and then the story continues. But that's really the foundation of my story. And obviously, it's it's grown a lot over the years because, and I'll kind of bring it all full circle here, I went from being just a fitness coach for so many years to then eventually going to the jungle to have my first ayahuasca experience in 2019. And that's when I really started to go down the spiritual path of, oh, there's a lot more here to do than just the fitness and the in the development of our body. And then, of course, as I went down that path deeper, did more of my work, my self-discovery, I then realized, oh, I want to offer this to, to clients. I don't want to just help people with their nutrition and their, their training in the gym. I want to help them with their total mind, body, spirit. And now we're at a point where that's exactly what we're doing. I still coach guys with fitness. Some guys, like that's what they, they want. And so I kind of help guys in that area. But mostly what I do is I host ayahuasca retreats in the jungle, um, which then ripples into deeper work coaching with clients out of retreats. So it's kind of hard to explain what I do. <laughs> Yeah, no, man, that was that that was a lot of good insight. I think the one thing that I want to touch on a little bit is I personally believe that one of the biggest and most impactful things that you can do in your life and your income and your overall you know journey of growing to reach your goals is actually working for a successful company, is working for a successful mentor. I have a very similar uh, situation, as you know, when I dropped out of college, I went to the mortgage industry. I had a phenomenal mentor and that at least for me, and I'm sure for you, just by knowing you, it really kind of opens your mind to like what is possible, but most importantly, it collapses the time of learning those things versus maybe having a job or, uh, going to college and doing these different things that we're told to do and or we least think is the right path, not saying that those paths are not the right fit for everyone, but the power of mentorship, the power of working actually for a successful company, I think is actually in people's best interest because it collapses the time. What took our mentors 10 years to learn the good, the bad, the ugly, they can teach us in 10 months. So that's why I wholeheartedly believe in people going to mastermind events, joining coaching programs, going on ayahuasca retreats is because you're also meeting other people at those events that can help you collapse that time. But again, when it comes to working for like a successful company or even one that goes under, like that happened to you, you get laid off is you understand like how an actual business operates, sales, marketing, uh, client success, right? Member Mm -hmm. success, customer service, uh, HR stuff, right? Like there's just a lot of value, but the key there is the most successful people and happiest people, at least that I've met in my life and studied, they know how to adapt. And that's one thing that I really admire about you is you've adapted, right? You knew, hey, when I'm laid off, I got to go get my real estate license. Hey, I hate this, not have to, but you decided to. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, I don't really like this. Let's pivot into online coaching. Okay, from online coaching, let's build a team. Okay, I really don't want to have like all these employees and all these things. Oh, wait, I got something here. I want to help bring people into an ayahuasca retreat, build a culture, a community. And then from there, I can serve people accordingly, whether it's through nutrition, whether it's through giving them a, a coaching program. Uh, but that's that's the two takeaways from what you just told me is the power of mentorships right? Whether it's a company, a person, a mastermind, a coaching program, but number two is being adaptable, not having to take everything so literal 
and saying, this is the only way to do it, right? right? Maybe it is in these certain areas, but you can adapt. So maybe just shed some light on, um, I really want to focus right now on like the ayahuasca ceremony, the first experience you've had, mm-hmm. right? And just making people understand what is ayahuasca? What is plant medicine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had some great points there too on on mentorship and also just, you know, just like being able to adapt and not being too romantic with things. I, that's really good, man. Like that's gotten me to where I'm at. But with ayahuasca, ayahuasca is just, it's a tool, right? So you hit on a couple of things there, nutrition, training, breath work, sleep, community, mentors. These are all tools, right? To help us get to where we want to go to help us align with our higher self. We all have this higher self and we all have like truly almost limitless potential. And these are all just tools to help us align with that. And so ayahuasca specifically is a plant medicine, right? It's a psychedelic plant medicine. And it's a really interesting one because it's been around for so long, right? And it's not just one thing. So like you take like mushrooms, for example, it's just a mushroom that grows out of the ground, which is incredible, of course. But ayahuasca is the combination of two different plants brought together that don't even grow near each other in the jungle. And so at some point, 10,000 plus years ago, someone discovered that, hey, if we take this vine and we take this leaf, we can combine those together and cook them with water into a brew over multiple days and create this spiritual brew. And so what's so interesting is the the leaf is high in something called DMT, dimethyltryptamine, right? I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Joe Rogan's made it very popular. It's already found in your body right now. It's it's found very abundantly in every human body and in almost in every single living thing on this planet, on, on plants and on trees and everything has it. And there's a lot of hypotheses around it being basically the spiritual molecule that creates this huge, this whole experience. And so if consumed by itself, it does nothing. If you were to eat those leaves, you could eat as many as you want, no spiritual experience because we have these enzymes in our stomach that block it from digesting the DMT. That's where the vine comes in. The vine has NEO inhibitors that block those enzymes and allows it to bypass and digest the DMT to create that spiritual experience. And so it is a, it's a tea that's served in a ceremonial setting, right? And there's a lot of different lineages of ayahuasca, depending on where it came from. We specifically work with the Santa Daime lineage from Brazil, and it is done in a ceremonial setting where there are hymns sung throughout the ceremony. And so you're in a temple, there's a fire going in the middle, and then they sing these hymns throughout the night in Spanish and English and Portuguese that, that were downloaded into people under in ayahuasca ceremonies over the last hundred years. So it's not like these people are just thinking of songs. They literally just download it into them and they take your soul on these incredible journeys. And so my first trip to the jungle, as I mentioned, was in 2019. That was nine years after I had first had my discovery and, and spiritual moment that, oh, this is going to play a huge role in my life one day. I don't even know what this thing is, this thing called ayahuasca, but I just know it's going to play a big role in my life. And so 2019, all the stars align, right? I made more money in my business than ever before in 2019. Shout out to Wake Up Wealthy. That was a huge spark and and kind of my my growth as an entrepreneur. And then in September of 2019, I went through the hardest breakup that I'd ever gone through, man. My heart was totally broken. You remember, I saw you like a week later, dude. It's all I could talk about. I was just hurting so bad. And literally a month after that breakup on Facebook, a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in years that I met through that first mentor. It's weird. All these dots connect through that first mentor of, of big key roles in my life. And he made a post on Facebook. Hey, I've been working with ayahuasca for two years. It's totally changed my life. I'm going back down to Costa Rica in a month. We've got one extra spot. Is anyone interested? Boom. It hits my intuition, man. I knew so deeply that this is it. This is the time that I finally make my trip to the jungle to work with ayahuasca. This thing I've known about for almost 10 years. And I go down and my intention when I went to my first retreat was I just want to understand why I've gone through everything that I've gone through. Again, my life up until that point had been very painful. A lot of pain from the outside in, had a great life, great parents, middle-class family, you know, like things were really good, but the trauma that I'd experienced really fucked my life up and really fucked me up. And I just had experienced so much pain up until that point. And so my intention was, I know this has to, this had to have happened for a reason. I believe everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. So why, why this pain? Why everything that I went through? In that first week in the jungle, man, and that that experience with ayahuasca, it gave me exactly that. It gave me clarity on why I had experienced what I had, and it was to turn that pain into purpose. It was, you've gone through this so that you can heal through it and teach other people to how to heal through their experiences because you're not alone. Almost everyone 
has similar trauma to this or some sort of trauma. And so I go through that week, man, and I feel the most peace I've ever felt in my heart at that retreat in Costa Rica, man. It was unbelievable the level of peace that I felt in my heart, the peace that I felt in my body, because at that point I felt so much static all the time, so much anxiety in my body. And so I was released of all of that. And I felt like I just like shed a, a backpack that was a hundred pounds. And I go home from that trip back to Indianapolis at the time, which is where I was living. And I was on just a whole new level. Just after one week, two ceremonies in ayahuasca, I felt so much love in my heart and I could feel my vibration increasing. I could feel my vibration going up and everyone else around me felt it, man. Everyone else in my, in my ecosystem was like, dude, you feel different. Like you have a different feel to you, a different vibration to you. And I was like, yeah, I, I feel it hundred percent. And so I, I could just go back over and over and over to that, to that place in Costa Rica, which is now where I host my retreats. So that's, that's the first experience though, that I had was just, it was unbelievable, man. Wow. Yeah. A lot, lot to unpack there again, but true medicine, true medicine, man, truly. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, I may elaborate a little bit on my three experiences and, and whatnot, but I remember you coming back to Columbus and this is right when I left the mortgage industry and started building out, you know, the businesses that we have now and we're continuing to grow. But I was taking a bunch of Adderall. I was stressed out, locked in on a computer. And I think stress is not necessarily bad, but I could definitely feel uh, you had a different energy. Everything is energy, right? And you can feel that energy and vibration uh, on people, right? You can even feel it on yourself. And like you said, when you were in the jungle, you're away from your phone, away from all the chaos, all the pressures, all the mm. stories in your head, your past, even the, the made up ones, right? Even the made up ones that are like, oh, my mentor doesn't like me anymore, or <laughs> this uh, breakup was so bad, and all these stories right in reality when you're able to just kind of shed that that skin remove those blockages in your body right you just feel lighter and you move a little better you clarity think of better. mind man yeah the clarity in the mind is a big piece because in everyday life man we're so caught up in, in so much busy work and so many people and so many things and that's a big point actually i want to hit on real quick of the retreats i host is ayahuasca is just one part of it right that's one layer mm -hmm. even just having a week unplugged from your normal reality and not having any obligations, not having your phone, not having to respond to people, that piece alone, the amount of clarity that comes from that because of the space that you have is invaluable. But it's not to escape because I think this can be a slight excuse for people to escape the reality. It's like escaping a drink on the weekends. It's like going to the bar Friday through Sunday. You're escaping your Monday through Friday. You're escaping your reality. So sure, you can escape your reality for a moment. I call this the space of genius, right? This is where those ideas, where that certainty, where that confidence is built, where you can actually think that space of genius. But how can I incorporate this feeling of feeling a little lighter, mm -hmm. breathing better, speaking more clear, organizing my thoughts, pushing forward on these business ventures or, or executing more uh, in your job, whatever it may be, it's the space of genius. And like you said, ayahuasca in reality, when you go on your retreats, man, that's just, that's like one of a thousand takeaways. If anything, mm -hmm. the first couple I went on, man, I was like, to be honest, not to disrespect the medicine that was like towards the bottom of the list of takeaways I had in, in terms of like the self-improvement and growth and whatnot. And I want to touch on where you really niche down is specifically men and a lot of men that are online entrepreneurs because dude being being a male is uh is is quite difficult now obviously being a white male we joke about it all the time it's a, it's a great problem to have especially in America but dude we have a lot of pressures right there's a lot of pressure being being a male there's a lot of pressure to be an entrepreneur and to be quite honest with you i think a lot of men are not as masculine, right? And a lot of men, dude, when you told me you love me after taking ayahuasca the first time, like, hey, I love you, bro. I was like, dude, what the fuck? That's the weirdest shit I've ever heard, man. But it's because we don't have friends and we don't have a lot. Yeah. Dude, you'd be surprised. I really think, I, I actually really believe this. I think a lot of people don't have people in their life that ever told them that they love them. They well, do I forget. All this 
I, I forget, man, that people aren't like me. Oftentimes I'm like, oh, everyone understands me and like understands plant medicine. I forget that most people still think that plant medicine's the devil and that saying love you, I love you to your friends is gay. You know what I mean? Like I just don't, I don't even doesn't even enter register for me. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. You <laughs> oh, you love me. But it's, you know, in reality, you know, not to go too much on a tangent because I really want you to talk about, you know, men entrepreneurs and, and how you how you really niche down, but Dude, it's it's the truth, man. Especially with my path, uh, past, excuse me, like losing losing my father. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom remarried, and she told us she loved us, and she more importantly showed it through her actions, right? But I think sometimes people can say, "Oh, I love you," and then their actions don't align, or they don't say "I love you," and their mm -hmm. actions are manipulated actions, right? Their mm -hmm. parents. Their significant other will work a lot. They'll do all these different things, but it's like a manipulation tactic. It's like dangling a carrot. Like, see how much I loved you. I worked 12 hours a day. And this is how you're able to have this, this, and this. I'm your, I'm your mom. I'm, I'm your dad. Dude, you decided to have the kid, right? Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't project those insecurities or try to use that as manipulation, right? But, but like you said, man, uh, and, and with my experiences, when you told me you love me, I'm like, that's fucking weird. But now I'm like, oh, leading with love is the highest frequency. Hmm. Leading with love is actually being masculine. But most hmm. importantly, saying it and doing it is exactly what people need to experience and what they need to do. So hmm. maybe touch on that a little bit. But I want you to talk yeah. about really this like high level men entrepreneurship um, sure. and, and how you've really helped a lot of men. Totally. Yeah. Let's touch on both. So I believe that that God is just love, right? Like that's the highest vibration. You know, you read Richard Dawkins, like love is the highest vibration. That's the highest frequency, you know, and the more that we can, we can sustain that frequency, the more we can get to that place, which is really difficult to do, the better off everyone is, you know? And so I, I try to embody that as much as I can, but I still am I get fucking irritated and I get fucking angry at people and I'm judgmental. You know what I mean? Like I'm not perfect. I'm still very early in my, in my journey, but the, the more that we can just all just love each other, man. And even it's wild. I was with this special operations guy yesterday, just retired 20 plus years in green beret and just like total savage, but he's such a loving dude. He was always, he's like, dude, in the military, all these big ass Navy SEALs would always get so pissed at me. He's like this five, eight, just little happy dude, just full of love and energy. And he's like, these guys would get so pissed, like, shut the fuck up, dude. Why are you so happy? You know? And, and, and so it's really funny to see a dude like that. But I think there's always space for that. You know, it's masculine, feminine. We all have those two within us. Even if you're a guy, you have feminine within you. A woman has masculine and it's important to find that balance. And, and for me, I was always really close with my mom. And so that helped me establish and refine my feminine side, but I'm also a savage motherfucker, dude, when I need to be and very masculine, you know, and I, and I refine that as well through Ironman training and through sitting in sweat lodges and through doing all these hard fucking things, right? Like I got a dog in me, you know, and, and, and not that the feminine, like that's the masculine side. And again, women have that masculine side too. And I think it's important to be able to touch in both sides and be able to go back and forth when necessary. So that's a big one that a lot of men struggle yeah, with you, is being able to do that. you were a little bitch before ayahuasca, right? You had so much <laughs> feminine energy. <laughs> Not for, for real. I, 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 I yeah, did, but I, I always, I always, no, no, you, you are, you are right though, man. I'm telling you until I met Zach, especially like Zach was, was big for me. Like Zach, Zach thought, uh, how would you say? Zach was big for me though. Zach definitely helped bring that dog out of me, you know, training an Iron Valley barbell and fucking grinding dude and throwing weight around and getting fucking yelled at. And yeah, it definitely refined that more for me and bring that but masculine moments, side out. But in moments, right? It's like, why yell at your significant other if you're the, the masculine energy mm -hmm. or whatever? It's just like, get up when the alarm goes off and then that person yeah. will follow. The feminine energy will, will usually follow. So while you're totally. training the Iron Valley with one of the most elite, you know, weight trainers of all time, uh, Zach Hommel, shout out to him, you know, Hey, during this one and a half hours of training, like it is pure savage masculine mode. Let's go. And when you're done, you can, you know, do, do whatever you can have a little bit more lighter, lighter actions, if you will, and thoughts, but anyways, dive right. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that's why, I think that's why people really gravitate to me as well. Like with the plant medicine work, there's a lot of people in this space that are a lot of men that are just very on the feminine side of, ah, oh, they speak so softly all the time. And it's just like, we're vegans and we don't, you know what I mean? And, and they got all their beads and they're just so hippie. 
but for me, I, I've always strived to just be a normal person, you know, like I'm just a normal dude. Like people can gravitate to that. I, I, I have a savage side. I also have a soft to gentle side. So I think that's why a lot of people can gravitate towards me, but to, to go to the other part of, of what you had mentioned, you know, of, of the men that I work with, you know, I, it's interesting because everyone tells you to niche down super deep. And I think that's important. And with my last business with Entreperform that I uh, ran for almost two years, it was niched down very specifically to young male entrepreneurs, which was great. But what I found now actually through exiting that company and, and, and focusing more on retreats for a while and now starting to, to really find my groove, I, I love working with with entrepreneurial guys. And that's those are the guys that I really love to work with because they have big impacts. You know, they have a lot of reach. But beyond that, though, I like to work with guys that are that are points of of contact for leadership, right? So CEOs and, and people that are in executive roles and management roles, but not necessarily just entrepreneurs, you know. So for my retreats, man, like you come to a retreat, it's so interesting because it's such a mosh posh of different men. So one guy here is you know, worth hundred million dollars. He's a savage entrepreneur. This guy here is one of the best doctors in the world at what he does, a specific surgeon, right? This kid over here just graduated college and he's spending his last dollar to be able to come to this retreat. You know, it's like this guy over here is a special operator. He was a green beret for 20 years. It's like, and so there's this, there's this spectrum of backgrounds and ages, but in that space, man, it's like, you're just your true essence. Like all those labels are stripped away. And it's just, it's just true essence. Our, our, our fucking souls just, coming together and bonding and with a mutual goal of growth and healing and supporting each other. And so honestly, what I'm finding, the guys that I like to work with the most are dads, guys that are middle-aged, you know, 30, 35, 40 plus that have families, because those are the guys that really understand the value of this work, right? I love working with younger guys too. And I welcome those guys in early twenties, but they just don't have the life experience to understand how valuable this is, right? I see it time and time again, the dudes that come in that have had more life experience, they got a family. They're like, oh, this is legit. Like there, there's unbelievable value here. And they respect the work that much more because they, they, they know what's on the line. And so I'm finding that those are the guys, honestly, that I'm becoming the most passionate to work with are those guys that have life experience that have kids usually have a family and are ready to, to really put the work in because they, again, they know what's on the line. Yeah. When it comes into putting the work too, I think that sometimes, uh, even for me, right, even for me, it can be one, a little bit of an ego thing. Like, you know, who are these people? I don't want to be around a, a kid that just graduated college. I'm on a different level. Right. Mm -hmm. Or what am I going to get from this person? Right. But that's, mm -hmm. that's not the point. The point is going inward. Right. So I think you've done a phenomenal job at these retreats where people still have that space of genius that I like to to refer to, right. Where everyone still has their own space, comfortable place to stay, great mm -hmm. food. Um, you're, you're going to be totally fine. Right. But it can be very, uh, fearful, right. You, you know that. Um, and I want to, I want to talk a little bit about fear in a moment, but I think that's what you've done a phenomenal job is you've been able to build that community, mm -hmm. right? Whether you are a young male or whether you're 70 years old and you're mm -hmm. a grandparent, right? Whatever it may be. I think you've done a phenomenal job of protecting that space, protecting what that whole environment is about. And dude, in reality, I'm going to be blunt, man. Like you can make a ton of money, right? I'm a very data-driven income, wealth-driven person, right? So when I go leave my businesses and my significant other and my friends for a week, you best believe I'm thinking in the back of my mind, how the hell am I going to make money from this? Mm -hmm. And nothing's guaranteed, but I can tell you right now by getting around, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen of other men that are growing that are working, I will almost guarantee that one or two connections uh, will allow you to monetize something in some manner. So exactly, man. There, there's so many layers of value and, and a couple of things I want to hit on real quick before we move on those, the community piece, you know, when you come to one of my retreats, it's your own individual journey, but it's, it's a community experience for sure. You know, and the community is, I always hold the integrity of the group over everything, you know? And so with that, I'm incredibly selective of the people that I allow to come to these retreats. It's a privilege to come on these retreats. It's not open to just anyone that is willing to pay the price tag, right? Like I, I've turned down many people because I just knew that they weren't a good fit. Even at times, man, when, when, you know, when I, I don't have the whole retreat sold out and there's spots still left. Right. And I'm like, oh, I could make some more money here and get these. Nah, like that. It's never, it's never about that. And so 
the community piece is a big one. And and from that too, though, you know, the, there's Immerse 1.0, which is kind of the intro into what I do. It's a Currently, it's a nine, 10 person group. So it's a bigger group. And you're involved in a, in a community. You're involved in a group the whole week. There's space for yourself. I really flow it to where you have a lot of time for yourself, still a lot of space. There's a lot of area that you can go spend time by yourself. But then from there, once you come through 1.0, I'm now creating other retreat flows, you know, that are a little bit different where it's, it's smaller group, right? So it's, it's a smaller group of people, it's a different flow. And so there are different opportunities to work with the medicine in different ways to work with me in different ways in that space. Once you've come through that intro experience, um, that's kind of like the rite of passage into the, into the community, but man, I'm fucking very tribe focused, very community focused and long game relationship focused, because I know that over the next five to 10 years, all these relationships, we're all going to help each other so much. And like, man, we are truly building a community. And eventually when we build this farm in Costa Rica, that's going to be the hub for the community, you know, where we can all come and meet and and grow together and where connections are going to be made. And, and that's where we really take this thing to the next level. Absolutely. As long as we don't die from like a nuclear bomb or something crazy like well, that. that. That's that's why we got to get to the jungle though, because Central America is safe. If a nuclear war happens, they're not going to attack Central America. So we got to get there fast. <laughs> I don't know. They They're listening to this recording now, so they might <laughs> they might know now the secret spot, but let's talk about fear. I think a lot of people, and and also too, like uh, one thing I've discovered in this in this journey of self development, and um, you know, working with a bunch of hippies with beads around them, eating bananas <laughs> all day, is you kind of get caught up in the cycle of like thinking something's wrong with you. Like your life could be totally fine. Like you could be making a ton of money, great relationships. Um, you may not have a ton of trauma, or maybe you've, maybe you've already faced these things and you're continuing to face these things. I think that's one thing that you've done a phenomenal job of as well, Jay, is like, um, yeah, sure. You can upsell them and be like, Hey, you got way more trauma here. You got to pay quadruple the amount to come back. But I think a lot of people think they have to think something's wrong with them or they have trauma or, and, and it's almost like a manipulative thing where like some people that are doing retreats, in my personal opinion, and or people are like, well, I don't really have anything wrong with me. I don't need to go there. Right. No, that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Right. Uh, and or they're just blocked by fear. So I want you to talk a little bit about fear. Right. I want you to talk a little bit about people that may be on the fence of like, well, life is pretty good. Why would I want to do that? Or like, mm -hmm. Yo, this is this is scary, right? Well, for for whatever reason. So I think that really comes around fear. So I want you to talk a little yeah. bit about fear and what that means to you. Totally. Yeah. So these retreats aren't just for guys that are super deep in darkness and depressed, right? I do have guys that come through that are in serious need of some healing, you know, that they're like, this is my last option, you know, like I'm fucking hurting and and, and I need this. And so that does happen for sure. You're right. I've had guys come through that are in, in serious need, veterans that come through that are in serious need but a lot of the guys that come through are in a good spot, you know, like guys that are happy, they're healthy. They got great relationships. They're wealthy. They got money, they success. Right. And they're like, well, I don't know if I really, if I need this or not. And I don't think it's necessarily something that you'd absolutely need, but again, it's a tool, right? Like all this growth can be created without plant medicine. Even it's all just an accelerator, a retreat, ayahuasca, plant medicine in general, it's an accelerator to ultimately where you want to continue to go. Because I guarantee no matter how successful you are, you're not where you want to be ultimately. Like we all have this, this next thing, like the, we all have infinite potential. So on this, on, in this time on earth, why not get the most out of it? Why not squeeze that fucking lemon dry? You know what I mean? And so a retreat like or maybe this can help you there, do that. Or maybe you're there and the medicine helps you appreciate where you're at and appreciate right. what you've done. Cause again, there's always that next, that next, that next, that next. Mm -hmm. I think success and happiness is, being content where you're at, mm -hmm. but inspired to keep going, right? So some people may already have those checkpoints already done, but it's just that frequency thing, right? It's like appreciating yeah. where you're at. So totally, again. totally. And the medicine can really help with that, of course, too, right? Because it's, yeah, it's it's good to always let's keep growing, let's keep going, but it can also be a down downfall, right? Of next thing, next thing, next thing, and never being present. And so I think ultimately it comes down to feeling the call to this type of work. Right. So it's an interesting sales process because it's not like any other sales process where you can really force it. You know, like someone needs to really feel called to this work. And ultimately, and I can help guide them to that place. And after talking to someone, I can really tell if they're feeling called to it or not. And, and then we'll move this into fear because it all trans transitions over. Fear is all oftentimes there, right? You're always going to have fear 
present when you're potentially going and doing an experience like this. You're going to the jungle. You're you're going to drink ayahuasca. You're going to really go inward. Your ego hates that, you know. And so fear is going to be incredibly present. There's a lot of unknown surrounding that. So you got to know that. But also too, you got to feel called to. You don't want to force something like this. And so I can never really force someone. Hey, like get your credit card out. We're doing this. You know what I mean? It's it's really it's it's an interesting kind of balance with that sales process. But I always encourage people and some people better than others at doing this, but going to the heart, you know what I mean? It's like your logical mind's going to tell you all the reasons why you should go and then why you shouldn't go. And then you're going to spend all day, every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This is how I was as well. But then I would drop to my heart and my heart would be like, you got to go, you got to do this. Right. But then fear incredibly pressing. Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Ah, it's so scary back to the heart. You got to fucking go. And so at the end of the day, just know that that fear is going to be present. If you are considering going and doing something like this, whether it's with me or with someone else, but if your heart says to do it, you got to fucking trust that. And if you do trust it, you will be rewarded so abundantly and so massively. And so that transitions over into the topic of fear, which has really become a big part of my brand. So my motto is that fear is the compass. That's really become my motto since last year. I, I did my first keynote speech last year. So I'll tell a little story. Last year, 2022, um, entering the year last year, about 13 months ago, my two biggest fears, if you were to ask me on a podcast 13 months ago, would have been public speaking, number one, right? Getting up in front of a crowd and, and delivering a speech, fucking terrifying. And then swimming, especially in the ocean. I almost drowned when I was 16 years old in Florida in the ocean in a riptide. And I never really got swim lessons. And so I knew how to doggy paddle. I knew how to breaststroke like you and I did for that sprint triathlon a couple of years ago, which was a fucking nightmare. And so going into last year, I decided to commit to doing, to conquering both of those fears. I signed up for an Ironman, a full Ironman, which starts with a two and a half mile swim in the ocean, uh, which was really fucking scary. And then in addition to that, uh, my boy, Zach Hummel invited me to come be a keynote speaker at um, the Do Hard Things conference last August. So within a three month span from August to November last year, I conquered my two biggest fears. And my speech was all about the motto of the speech was that fear is the compass. And I went through my story about being afraid my entire life. I've been fucking terrified of everything my entire life. And eventually I was like, fuck this. I'm fed up with being afraid of everything. I'm going head first into my fears. I'm going, what, what am I afraid of? All right, I'm going to do that. And so through that process, my confidence has just grown exponentially and not like fake bullshit confidence, but like real true self-confidence, genuine, authentic self-confidence and self-belief in myself, personal power that's come through that. And so I'm a huge believer in doing hard things and facing fear, because if you don't, you're going to live an average life. You're going to live an average life, which will inevitably eventually lead to you being on your deathbed one day, asking the question of, man, what if, what if I had just leaned in a little bit more? What if I had been such a fucking pussy and done the things I knew I needed to do to, to level up and continue to live within my highest self. And so I'm living that now. I'm, I'm I'm doing that every single day and stepping into those fears. And it's incredible. And it becomes contagious and it becomes addictive in a good way where you just want to keep facing fear and you want to continue to conquer it. And I think the biggest point here on fear is that fear will always be present. No matter what, everyone experiences fear. Even the most successful people in the world still experience fear. The differentiating factor is how do you respond to fear, right? Do you lean in or do you lean away? And the most successful people in the world lean into it and they pursue that fear. And then you continue to conquer over and over and over, but just know it's always going to be there. You, When people wish fear away, they don't realize that fear is what's leading them to their best life, to their true potential. That man, if I didn't have fear, I could do this. I could do X, Y, Z. I could be X, Y, Z. When in reality, fear is what's actually leading you to becoming that person and to creating that success in your life. So once you find gratitude gratitude for fear and you switch your mindset around fear, everything changes. The whole game changes. Yeah, I could not have said it better, man. It's fear is the compass. I love it. I love the the whole mantra and mentality that you have around it and the you know message that you built around it as well, because it's true. You know, it's similar to uh, like stress, right? Like the same stress that you can have about not being able to put food on the table for your family, for yourself, uh, to break the generational cycle of trauma and, and to to lead the way. You can use that stress as a tool, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're fearful of going into the jungle to do ayahuasca and work with plant medicine, hey, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to shit your pants and vomit and we might laugh at you a little bit. That's all. <laughs> Uh, just, just kidding, but maybe you never know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I love the, I love the whole message again 
around fear. Fear is usually the driving thing, why we are doing things and or why we're not doing things. So what are some additional, you know, so someone goes to the jungle, they work with ayahuasca. Now what? Right. Like now, how do how do we incorporate some of these things that we learn into our day to day life, no matter who the person is, if they're running a business, maybe they're not running a business. Maybe they just dropped out of college. Maybe they have a family. Maybe they were in the military. How does someone use ayahuasca and plant medicine in the things that you do for your community? How do, how do we implement these things? What are some tips, some tools, mm-hmm. some hacks, some habits? Yeah, man, that's an important piece, you know, because you come through a retreat and you're vibing, you're feeling incredible. And I always set clear expectations with guys that the retreat isn't normal life. When you go home, you're going to be faced with with reality again. You're probably going to get punched in the face. And so it's really important before you even leave the retreat to make solid commitments, you know, and, and not to make too many commitments either, because like a lot of people make the mistake of, of committing to new, too many things and not doing any of them, you know, and so really only making a couple of big commitments when you go home and stick into those things. And, and for a lot of guys, you know, some high priority things are of course, starting with, with moving your body. Like that's a non-negotiable, like you got to be moving your body on a daily basis. You got to be going to the gym, getting out for walks, lifting weights, you know, really keeping your body active. Like if you're, if you're fat, if you're overweight, like what the fuck, you know what I mean? Like you got to get it together. Like that's number one is, is, is staying active and having a structured routine and regimen that's keeping you um, engaged with your body. And so then from there, it's food, you know, like, what are you eating? You know, and you don't need to be perfect, but eating real food. You know, if you're an adult and you're eating junk food every day and you're eating snacks and candy and drinking soda, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And so those are the two low hanging fruit, of course, it's just movement on a regular basis. And that doesn't always have to, again, mean going to the gym. That's just getting out and going on regular walks, get outside, get into the, go to the park and walk eat good food, drink water. And then from there, you know, what I recommend for a lot of guys is, is implementing some sort of stillness into their everyday life. Our lives are so busy. We are just going, 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 going all the time. We're always just so distracted. And so I think one of the most beneficial things can people can do after a retreat or just anytime, even if you haven't come to a retreat is, is dedicating that 10 minutes a day, even just to sitting still and whether you're doing a breathwork practice, you're you know downloading the Wim Hof app and using Wim Hof app for for breathing, or you're just sitting still and just focusing your mind on one thing, focus on your breath, or focus on 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 a part of your body, or just focusing on observing your thoughts. You know, there's so many different ways to meditate, but it starts with just sitting down and, and sitting still. And and so I think those are things that will really help. But the options are endless, you know, and everyone's lives are different. Everyone where they're at in their journey is different. And so after a retreat, that's why for me, I, I have structure in place post retreat as an option for them to join, you know, kind of a group setting where it's an extension of the retreat. We sustain that frequency. We sustain that community. We sustain that accountability, that energy so that when you go home, you still have that brotherhood. You still have that community. You still have that accountability and that structure so you can keep that work going and then really uh, the vision i paint for people is you've come through the retreat you're on fire you've done a lot of healing a lot of growth you have clarity on what you need to do you have these commitments in place go home align with that and then in the next six 12 months you're going to then probably want to come back to retreat most people come back on a once a year frequency some people even twice a year frequency some people it's every 18 months but then once you come back, if you've done those, if you've done that work, you've sustained that frequency, you come back, you're at a new level. The medicine meets you where you're at. The retreat meets you where you're at. You go to a whole new level. And that's kind of how this, this work continues to, to bring you up and, and meet you where you're at. And so those are some, some basic things. But man, I could go on all day with different things that could help you. It's really just picking a couple of things and, and making it a habit. Don't try to implement too many things because none of it will actually stick. Yeah, absolutely. And even with working with you over the years is like, a lot of businesses and pressure and lifestyle and, and all these different things where we've had clash um in zero results and or negative results is when it's like, all right, we need to have Tyler work out every yeah. day. He needs to stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, eat these specific foods and do it's like that didn't work for me versus like, mm-hmm. okay, it's not rocket science. Don't be fat and poor. Right. Yeah. That's rule number one in life. And so let's move a little bit. And, and this is something that we battle every single day. And most people do, which is like, it's way better to go to the gym and walk on an incline on the treadmill, right? Even if it's sunny and 80 degrees outside, like it's way better to do that 
if that's just what helps you get something done and get get your body moving right eat better i think one thing that has been tremendous help at least for me i think by far the lowest hanging fruit that affects everything way easier said than done is sleep Mm -hmm. is getting high quality sleep and essentially what you're saying is like that stillness right like you have to get off of your phone and trust me i turn to the side and i scroll through tiktok for an hour a night sometimes as well right um but you have to go to sleep and you have to get in my opinion seven nine hours high quality sleep because if you do then you have more energy you have a higher frequency you can make better decisions and and it's consistent sleep too man i I, i'm a big proponent of consistent sleep schedule you know so going to bed and waking up generally the same time as often as you can every single day if possible because your body gets into a a really good rhythm and you're right man like that is like that's one of the highest priorities 100 is sleep and a lot of guys that get into this vicious cycle of overstimulating themselves with with too much caffeine with too much nicotine with too much adderall they're stressed as fuck, and then they can't sleep at night so then they keep grinding they're on their screens they're staying up late finally fall asleep at 2 3 a.m and then they and it becomes the, this vicious cycle where they continue to get more and more tired and worn down. So then they have to consume more and more stimulants. And then they fuck their sleep more until eventually they completely burn out. Then they reset. And then they, and it becomes this never ending cycle, man. And, and going back to a retreat, a retreat can be a good place to have that reset, you know? And, and even if you go back and you get back into drinking caffeine, it at least will reset you and bring you back to a baseline. So then you can, you can kind of start fresh Cause it can be difficult as you know, to get out of that fucking vicious cycle, man, when you're not sleeping well, and then everything gets fucked if you're not sleeping well. 100% what I was about to say, which is date on the calendar, right? I think the retreat and why people go in the first place, it gives them that quote unquote excuse to start fresh, right? Also when people come back, it gives them that excuse, that date on the calendar to say, I'm going to be back in the jungle in the next mm-hmm. six months, no questions asked, because it's a checkpoint. It's right. how do I feel when I get off the plane now versus the last time? How do I feel? How are my businesses operating? How is my life? How are my relationships? Date on the calendar. So when it comes back to the question I asked, which is, okay, now what? When we get out of the, the retreat, you've done a phenomenal job. I've witnessed it with hundreds of people. They're able to still stay in a community right? Because I wholeheartedly believe in culture and community and being around like-minded people. Hence why, as you know, the power of tribes and having your favorite football team is is uh, interesting in humans. But having that next date on the calendar, right? And viewing it as an opportunity, not like a task, right? To say, okay, I'm going to have a date on the calendar for my mind. For you, it was getting a triathlon uh, on the calendar and something for my body as well, right? So the triathlon But then also from a spiritual standpoint and from a mindset standpoint, I'm going to get the next retreat on the calendar. I'm also going to do something that's fearful to me, which is going and and speaking at this event, right? Doing public Mm -hmm. speaking. So I definitely agree. I think one to three dates on the calendar in those areas, at least for me, that's helped tremendously. And I've seen it with you is incredible. But again, with an ayahuasca plant medicine retreat that you host, it is a perfect excuse to tell everyone around you, hey, I'm going to be gone for a week, right? Mm-hmm. Like you still have a little bit of access to your phone and whatnot if you need to. So again, don't fear that like the world's going to end. But dude, that's where you also recognize like areas of your life and areas of your business that need more systems and processes in place or people in place. Or maybe you just dissolve that department or you dissolve that business, whatever it may be. It's the date on the calendar that allows you to reset it's a checkpoint, but then also it's a date on the calendar where I have to show up to be a better version of myself. Yeah. Bingo, man. That's, that's exactly it. You're like, I got to prepare myself for this experience because I'm going back to the jungle or I'm going to the jungle for the first time in three months or six months or whatever that is. And I know for you personally, Ty, like a lot of your big breakthroughs have come from those type of trips, whether it was you're coming down to Austin for a, for a weekend trip, or, you know, we're going to Costa Rica, whether it's a retreat or we're just hanging out. Yeah, I know some of the biggest breakthroughs for you around your business and your personal life have come in those spaces. And so I think 
that's that's the most common thing I, I hear from guys again and that goes back to my original point of when we're in our everyday life it can be really difficult to gain that clarity because you're you're living within the momentum of your life but once you're able to pull out of that and you're able to to get to a new environment and just slow things down you can really start to see your life from a clear perspective not an emotional sped up perspective and you're like what the fuck am i doing i need to change this this and this then you go home and you do it do the work you come back and then the next downloads come and so it's really this this never ending process of of doing that and you know retreats can be more than you know trips retreats can be more than just going and drinking ayahuasca and doing plant medicine as well me personally right now i only host ayahuasca retreats but in the future especially when i live in costa rica next year i look forward to being able to create non-plant medicine experiences you know and we host the do hard things conference as i mentioned earlier and in Colorado every summer, we're doing training camps now too. So Zach and I are about to start hosting a couple of training camps per year where it's four days and we're just grinding, we're training without any plant medicine. And so don't think that it always has to be a plant medicine retreat. That is an incredible tool and will always be kind of my foundation and pillar for everything else I do. But there's a lot of value and even just again, going and having this separation in this space and uh, being around community, even if you're not doing a hallucinogenic plant medicine. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember going to the last ceremony in in Austin there, in Austin, Texas, and I was like, "Oh yeah, um, I want some answers." Or you know, I think setting an intention is is for the most part pretty good. Sometimes people don't, and that's I think totally fine as well. In reality, yeah, it's usually like your intuition, it's the universe, it's God, it's whatever it is um, that helps these things heal, totally. and it helps these uh, genius ideas come to fruition. Right. But I thought going into this last ceremony, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be questions I have around areas of the business or things I need to be doing and blah, blah, blah. Oh, boy, uh, was I wrong. Right. I had like the most loving physical healing, uh, as yeah. you know, running ultra marathons like my hip, a lot of energy stored in your hips and your lower back and your neck. And like even just saying it now, I'm like deep breath and it's like you can always come back to that space it was like a uh an actual being going into me it was it was wild man like my hip was moving better and man, my back I, and my neck it's and like truly it's truly man and, and to hit a couple other points things that just popped in my mind that i share with people about ayahuasca specifically is it's wild man it's truly a spiritual being that, that that's an ally that's coming in and helping you like you can feel the presence of this other being it's it's wild and it's truly an ally even when there's when you're going through some hard shit like you know that you're you feel so supported by that spirit it's not an evil spirit it's truly there and another key point too that i want to make because a lot of people you know especially a lot of people coming from a religious background you know they're, they're taught that these things are the devil you know you're you're working with the devil you know don't don't do that kind of stuff you know and, and not to one of the main points of the Bible is to, to not worship, you know, other gods. There's only one God and ayahuasca is not a God, right? I don't worship ayahuasca as a God. I believe that there's only one God. I believe in the oneness and ayahuasca is simply a tool that helps us connect with that oneness, right? That, 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 that unity that, that, that we all are seeking. And so that's a really big point that I really wanted to hit on because that's something I hear all the time. And I get people on social media and even people in my life that are a little bit more on the fundamentalist side of religion and they're like what's going on here and i'm like we're, we're not you know we're not bowing down to this god of ayahuasca it's simply a tool just like mushrooms just like breath work just like anything that helps us get to that place and and in my experience ayahuasca has has brought me so much closer to god and, and and even to you know a spiritual teacher such as jesus right i was very closed off to those things for a long time and my fiance leah the same thing and so many people that come through the retreats that are lacking that connection and are really put off by the word God or by any of these things. And it really reignites that. And then on the other side, I have people that are very, very strong in their faith, whether it's a Muslim background or a Christian background that still see, still receive so much growth and connection with God and developing that relationship deeper. And so it's interesting, all these different backgrounds, whether people are atheists or lacking that connection and seeking that or already had that strong connection to Jesus, to, to God, and it only strengthens it more. And another point I want to make too, is that 
you're not receiving anything new on a retreat or in medicine work. Everything is already within us, right? We all already have the perfection within us, right? When we're born, we're all completely whole, completely perfect. And then as we get older, we accumulate all these things from our parents, from teachers, from the playground as kids, from all these experiences, we, we bring all these things on. And so really this work that we're doing is just shedding layers to get back to that wholeness. And so that's a big point too, because you're not calling in, you know, you're bringing in all this stuff. Like it's already all within you. You can bring in new knowledge, but all the wisdom, all of the perfection and wholeness, it's already within you. Yeah. And I think it's totally fine too for, Hey, it may not be for everyone, right? There's a reason why you're very sure. selective on that. Right. It, it, it's not, it's not for everyone, man. And, and, and these retreats specifically, the medicine I think is almost for everyone, but these retreats, especially like I, I only have so much time and energy and bandwidth and I only bring a certain number of guys per year. And so it's like, this is a very selective experience and, and I'm okay with, with that not being for everyone, just cause I just don't have the fucking time and energy for it to be for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. I think everyone should give themselves the opportunity to form their own opinion around it, their own experience. Because for me, I know for you, each one is a different experience and uh, a good takeaway every single time. And I genuinely like the date on the calendar. I genuinely like knowing, Hey, I'm able to, go see where I'm at in life and, you know, make sure that these checkpoints and these goals and these ideas and uh, the people around me are all leveling up. Well, in order for those things to happen, I got to go inward. I got to level myself up. I got to make sure that I'm still, you know, operating with, with purpose and at the highest standards, right. And turning those pains, as you mentioned earlier, uh, into purpose. So as we wrap up here, man, um, one, one question I like to ask all the guests is, Hence the name of the podcast, All for Nothing. I genuinely believe that people live majority of their life or they go day to day, week to week. They have nothing to show for it, right? They don't have any money. They have this generational trauma that they end up projecting onto others. They do all these things in life for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. All for nothing. So what are what are some things that you do and or that you want to be most remembered for so you're not doing all of this for nothing. Yeah. So it, it all connects to everything we just talked about on this podcast, you know, so first off, it's the farm that I've had this vision for, for so long, this tangible place where we bring the community together, where I'll raise my family, you know, it'll be a, a fully sustainable, regenerative farm where we can source everything that we need. And, and eventually if, if the world goes to shit, we can be completely safe and have everything we need there. And, and that'll be something that'll be in our family for generations to come. You know, our kids will inherit that and they'll be involved in that community and it'll continue to be passed down and, and be a place for not only my family, but for the extended family in the community to come together. In addition to that, man, you know, we're at the beginning stages of building a nonprofit. Um, Primal Roots Foundation is, is what the nonprofit's going to be. And it's going to be all based around um, helping educate and spread awareness and accessibility for plant medicine. Um, and, and that's really, for me, I think that's going to be how I build something bigger than myself. You know, I, when I, the last business that I built that was going to be more than just me, like I kind of got a little bit you know, it didn't go the way that I had hoped and I didn't have the right people in place. And it almost was like, ah, I don't, I gave me a bad taste in my mouth where I don't ever want to build a team. I don't ever want to build something bigger than myself because there's just too much stress. Whereas I, I believe that this nonprofit is the perfect fit for me to be able to build something bigger than myself, to give opportunity to so many people. And man, the opportunities with that are endless of having a veteran division, you know, where I'm able to, to bring veterans in and give them opportunity for, for work and then to help other veterans with PTSD, which man, that, that's a whole nother story. And, and this nonprofit will live well beyond me, you know, this is its own organism. And so for me, I believe that those are the things that will outlive me when I'm gone one day, in addition to my kids, I can't wait to have kids one day and, and, and raise them and have them learn from all of the great people in my life, yourself, Zach, Kevin, all these incredible teachers, in addition to obviously their parents, Leah and I, and their grandparents, th these kids are going to be so next level. And I'm not going to put that type of pressure on them, but like, they're just naturally going to be very enlightened human beings and very skilled and gifted human beings. And they will, they will be the legacy, you know, like the, they'll carry that legacy on um, of what we're we're building right now. And so I, I believe that those are the three things that will outlive me and will will um, be that imprint for for many generations to come. Let's go, bro. I love it, man. I appreciate you coming on. But yeah, if those kids, if they're not starting <laughs> for Ohio State, uh, you're going to just 
you know, hey, look, got to give you up. <laughs> got to give you up. But I love you, brother. Thanks for everything that you do, man. You are changing the world. You're helping people every single day because you're helping yourself and you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. You're 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 about it, man. You're doing the same. You're doing the things that you say you're going to do. You're committed to yourself. So you're able to be committed to others, uh, building the farm, bringing people to the jungle, leading with love and uh, always being so positive, man, is just a few reasons why I love you, man. So again, appreciate you coming on. If you guys want to get in contact with Jay, all his information will be below this video. Definitely check out what he does and, uh, you know, book a call with him. And there's, again, all the links below. So Jay, anything else that you want to leave us with here today? Man, this was a pleasure. I'm so excited for this podcast, Tyler. I just know you're going to build something huge with this and, and just excited to see you grow this thing and honored to be one of the first guests on the show. And yeah, if you guys want to reach out, I always love to connect. Um, Twitter is mainly where I'm at, also Instagram. And then also have Tyler put my my number down below as well. I uh, use a community app where I'm always texting people and really building deeper relationships with people off platform, whether it's Twitter or Instagram and taking those into text. So I'll have them drop that phone number in below. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about plant medicine. I obviously spent a lot of time in the training space too. I've been training for 13 years, know a lot about powerlifting, bodybuilding, all of that good stuff, nutrition, bio, you know, biohacking and optimization. So um, feel free to reach out with any questions in regards to any of that. And I'd love to help. Thanks for having me.